Super Saturday was upset Saturday in round seven of the NRL Telstra Premiership for 2021 with the Cowboys defeating the Raiders and the Bulldogs defeating the Sharks despite most pundits predicting that both teams had no chance. Welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for round eight. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Good to be here again. If you guys haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook and subscribe, share and like the podcast wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts every week, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and plenty, plenty more. Today on the show, I'm going to be predicting all the round eight matchups. There's some good ones this week that we'll get to. I'm also going to look at the West Tigers and how they need to rebuild their club after another awful performance where they got absolutely destroyed by the Manly Seagulls on Sunday afternoon, 40-6. to Michael Maguire's job has been put on notice, according to all reports, that there's Talks of crisis meetings and his future is extremely uncertain. I'm going to have a look at their roster and just say who I think they need to part ways with at the end of 2021 and where they need to sign and who they need to target um, to make their team competitive in the years to come since they have not made the finals since 2011. With that out of the all that out of the way, let's get straight into it. Let's talk round eight of the Telstra Premiership. I love talking football. Let's get to it. And all the round eight action kicks off on Thursday night from GIO Stadium when the Canberra Raiders host the South Sydney Rabbitohs in what was my grand final prediction at the start of the season. However, eight rounds into this premiership and we see the Canberra Raiders really, really struggling. Their last win now was round four against the Gold Coast Titans where they beat them 20-4 to since then. Losses to the Penrith Panthers, the Parramatta Eels and an abysmal lost to the Cowboys last weekend means that the club is free from seven and really outside the eight for the first time in a long period of time. I mean, the Cowboys' loss was so unexpected to a lot of people, including myself. They were winning that game 24-6 to pretty comfortably, and then the Cowboys came storming home. Canberra had no answers for them, and Ricky Stewart is uh, not a happy coach. He hasn't been a happy coach for several weeks before last week's game, after the round six loss to the Eels, he accused a lot of his team of being pretenders, basically, in the fact that they put on an NRL jersey, but are just pretending to be first graders and haven't earned their spot and aren't willing to do the tough things uh, to win matches. So it's going to be interesting. It was always going to be interesting to see how they responded in round seven. They started the game of four and just could not keep that momentum up, and it all fell apart for them again. So uh, they're facing a very tough opposition here in the South Sydney Rabbitohs this week, who have won six wins uh, on the trot now. Their only loss coming against the Melbourne Storm in round one at Melbourne, which is the famous uh, stat where they, you know, haven't, have never won down there in Melbourne. So, I mean, South, they're traveling along well. They're not playing particularly great football. They limped by the Gold Coast Titans on Friday night after being down 20-6 to at halftime, thanks to a David Hafida hat-trick before coming back and ended up winning that game 40-30. to Thanks to some Benji Marshall magic. Team lists are in for this match, and there is a few changes. Canberra have completely changed their lineup. They have... Bailey Simmonson back on the team. He takes his spot on the wing. Dominus Loy comes back on the bench for them. Jared Croker and Josh Rapali, the big ones. Their inspirational captain over the last few seasons in Croker. Completely dropped. Josh Rapali, Ricky Stewart said he's having a rest and he's trying to find the old Papali, which is basically a nice way of saying they've been dropped. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two guys respond. But as I said, Canberra as a team need to respond as a whole and... 
they just seem to be at a place where they can score points quickly still, but they just don't have the commitment to defend their line for long periods of time. They just seem like a team really down on confidence. Jack Wyden and George Williams, while George Williams' kicking game has remained strong in 2021, they're just not getting the quality ball uh, from their, either their quarterly ball from the service of dummy half like they were last year, whether it be Hodgson or Starling that plays there. They also uh, just aren't aren't taking the line on as much. Jack Wyden's been very quiet to start 2021, considering he won the Dalian medal uh, at the back end of last season. For the South Sydney Rabbitohs in their team lineup, they are pretty much back to full strength, um, apart from Josh Mansell still out. But uh, Paulo comes back. They put Cody Walker back at fullback. He played there for long periods of time. And Benji Marshall's gone in the half with Adam Reynolds. Um, so a very similar lineup to what we saw last week. And, you know, Latrell Mitchell still suspended as well. But I expect this one to be a, a pretty fiery matchup. The Raiders are going to be looking to make a statement early. Uh, and this is going to be a good game of football, in my opinion, because they've been struggling. But we all know the quality team Canberra are. So it's just going to take one win to really get them back on track uh, to making the final series. They're versing a quality opposition in South Sydney, and despite all the pressure they've been under over the last couple of weeks, the Raiders have a couple of options in this game. It can be like the Parramatta game from two weeks ago where they can really come out and uh, lie down for this South Sydney team, or they can come out and make a statement in front of their home crowd down there at Canberra. I think they're going to come out and make a statement, and they're going to be trying their absolute best to win this game. It's a bit of a, a warlike environment for opposition teams going down there to Canberra, so I expect it to be the first 20 minutes is going to be all Canberra. Um, Souths have been really coming back from behind in the last few weeks to win matches. I mean, they were down against the uh, Gold Coast Titans last week. Before that, they were losing for 75 minutes, really, against the West Tigers before that miraculous finish. But, you know, it's it's something. Souths, Souths aren't playing great. They're, they're obviously one of the benchmarks of the competition. Um, they're just kind of cruising. Not not cruising, but they're, they're just playing good enough to win matches without being anything special without being anywhere near their best football and that's a sign of a good team but they can't rest on their laurels they need to pick the intensity up because um, while they're preparing for a long campaign that will go deep into the finals in 2021 they need to be wary of games where they're heavily favored they can't just go into GIO expecting a victory this week week they need to perform and show for each other and they got to be wary of that ambush that i was talking about because canberra are going to be out there to start strong try to get the momentum early and uh, win the battle up front with those forwards to get the likes of williams and and jack wyden and their f- fullback there caleb akins who's replacing and um, chances with hodsad who's still out for a little while they need to get those guys quality ball uh, and really create opportunities on the back of the platform that their forwards make but uh in this game as i said i expect a camera ambush but i think cfs like they have in the past fortnight will find a way to storm home uh, in the second half it's not going to be pretty for south sydney and it hasn't been for long periods of this year uh but they're going to be good enough when needed to win this one i've got cfs by eight points but i think canberra are really going to be fired up and don't expect, and don't be surprised if Canberra take an early lead in this match. But can, uh, but South Sydney by eight in this one. All right, Friday night football kicks off from six pm when the Melbourne Storm take on the Cronulla Sharks. They're up down there at Melbourne um, at Amy Park, and the Storm they're traveling along really nicely. They've really shaken off those two losses early in the season to Parramatta and Penrith, and they've really gone to run. It's four in a row now. They haven't really looked troubled 
in the past few weeks. It was the dominant victory against New Zealand on exact day on Sunday. And uh, they're running into a Cronulla Sharks team who, by all accounts, um, if you watch their last few weeks of football, and this isn't really a knock on, on Cronulla um, due to their circumstances, but let's be honest, it almost looks like 2021's a write-off for Cronulla. They've only still lavaging there on two wins. Um, it was a game they really should have won against the Bulldogs, but they did not come out um, fired up, and they kind of, in my opinion, underestimated their opponents a little bit. Sure, they had a lot of disallowed tries, um, and Matt Moylan was a late scratching for them, but they should have been a lot better. They should have made a statement last week against the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs, credit where credit is due, come out, get their first win of the year. We'll talk about them more when we get to their match prediction, but Cronulla simply not good enough, and their half really didn't take enough control in that game. Sean Johnson didn't have a great comeback, in my opinion. Their forward pack didn't match the intensity and the desire that the Bulldogs forwards had. So the, going into this game against Melbourne, you know they've got to be uh, plenty better. Josh Hennay, the interim coach of Cronulla for the last two weeks, and he'll be the interim coach for the rest of the year. He lost his first six games as interim coach for the Cowboys. Still without a win there for Cronulla. I'm just not positive about the rest of Cronulla's year. I think they're going to really um, be in wooden spoon contention, uh, to be honest, from what I've seen lately for them. The plus side for them, they do get Matt Moyland back this week. Um, he's been named in the in the 18 jersey, but I expect him to come into the 17. Aiden Tolman and Wade Graham are back, some of their veteran forwards, so they're surely going to help um, try to match with this big Melbourne Storm forward back. Um, but I just don't... And they get Will Chambers playing his first game back from Rugby Union uh, after signing them because Josh Dugan has been dropped and Talakai has been suspended. So there's a couple outs for him, but a lot of big ins... I just don't know if they can match Melbourne for that intensity. It's a little bit of a rivalry game, these two teams, especially coming off the back of the 2016 Green Final. A lot of those guys don't play for the clubs, but there's a bit of history between these two teams, and these uh, matches have a tendency to get a little bit uh, a little bit aggressive, and there's some, some real match intensity uh, when these two play. But I just expect Melbourne, they're... You know, why they might not might not be the absolute benchmark right now because of Penrith and maybe Souths, depending on how you look at the Rabbitohs. They're definitely still the most professional team in the NRL. Craig Bellamy has them up every week. And, you know, Paverhouse and their best player hasn't even played in the last uh, couple of weeks. And Nico Hines has done a spectacular job there at fullback. Um, Tramor Munster and Jerome Hughes' partnership just keeps getting better. Jerome Hughes, since re-signing with Melbourne, Late last year, it's just gone to another level. Um, he's playing with so much confidence, and it's great to see. He had a great game against the Warriors, and their forward pack is doing their job. Felice Cafusi, since he's come back on the team after that suspension in the, early in the season, has been outstanding. So I expect the trend to continue. Melbourne is just going to be too strong for Cronulla. I've got Melbourne by 22, and I think they can really you know, carry on with the game um, in the second half and really uh, run away with it a little bit. All right, the second game of Friday Night Football features two teams that have really struggled for consistency in 2021 when the Brisbane Broncos host the Gold Coast Titans from Suncorp Stadium at 7.55pm. And Brisbane, they've still got one win on the board, and I tipped them for an upset last week against Parramatta. Instead, I got an absolutely pathetic performance. Parramatta blew them off the park. It was terrible as soon from the uh, as soon as the kickoff when uh, they bombed it. I think Xavier Coates dropped that one and the Eels scored within the first two minutes of the matches. Uh, match it just got worse from that point onwards. Uh, for Gold Coast, they've got three wins uh, and four losses, but really struggling for consistency. It was a terrible performance against Manly a fortnight ago. 
they looked the goods in the first half of the Rabbitohs game, thanks to uh, the great work by Fafita in those free tries. He was basically uh, he was a man basically playing schoolboys and really destroyed South Sydney's forward pack in that game, um, especially in that first half. And Corey Thompson really laid the platform for him as well. But they couldn't back it up in the second half. Uh, their hearts really struggled to control the game, and they're still not getting uh, AJ Brimson involved enough in the action uh, for my liking. Last time these two teams played earlier this year, the Gold Coast Titans won pretty comfortably. Um, a lot of team changes for Brisbane this week and a few for the for the Gold Coast Titans. Um, Patrick Herbert's out of the side, injured, I believe. So uh, Don is back. Philip Sammy comes back into the centres for them. Uh, Sam Lasoni's out, but Herman Essiesi will play his first game um, from the bench after signing from Newcastle last year. He'll play his first game for Gold Coast uh, this weekend. For the Broncos... Obviously, the Croft and Dearden partnership wasn't really paying off. Instead of this stick and uh, pick and stick approach uh, that a lot of coaches have, Kevin Walters has uh, opted to change the lineup up again. And I think this might actually be influenced by the fact that Tom Dearden has signed with the Cowboys over the last week to to go up there and play for them for a few years um, and try to you know change their fortunes a little bit. But uh, Croft and Dearden are out of the side. Milford and Tyson Gamble are the new halves. Tyson Gamble, I believe, will be making his first grade debut. Anthony Milford has spent two weeks in the Queensland Cup for one win and one loss. I can't believe they lost the game with him there. But um, he gets his another chance in first grade. Jordan Rickey's back into the starting team. Um, so they've got a few... And Jesse Arthurs comes back in the centres for him. So they've got a few... Um, a few positional changes, but let's be honest, it's going to have to be a hell of a lot of performance, uh, a lot better performance this week against uh, Gold Coast than it was against Parramatta, just because Brisbane did not show up in this game. They are in front of their faithful crowd, which they do tend to play better up there at Suncorp, and it is a rivalry between these two clubs, and Brisbane don't want to be known as the uh, the worst team in Queensland, so to speak, so they've got a, their reputations on the line this week, but I just think that Kevin Walters... He, he tries so hard. You've got to feel sorry for him. He's really trying his best to fire the troops up every week. I mean, he he was, he was had it in his hand, and he was holding it and, and shaking it, the Broncos jersey last week, and really unhappy with the performance, as you would be after that good performance against Penrith two weeks ago. Um, and as I said, I predicted an upset in that game. I thought they were a real chance against Parra, and they just did not show up at all. Um, pathetic. I don't know if Milford and Tyson Gamble are going to be able to get the job done for him. I mean, I'd be trying to bring in Carmichael Hunt as quick as possible if I was Brisbane and Gold Coast. They just need to get back to basics and need to simplify. Fafita can't do all the work all the time for you, and uh, that seems to be their game plan. Throw it to David Fafita. Hope he can create something. Their halves really need to take control, and this is the sort of game where Gold Coast can get the basics right, the simple stuff, and get back to what works. Um, you don't need to play a complicated uh, game to beat the Brisbane Broncos. You just need to play a simple, um, get a simple get your forwards rolling and their halves get you know some some time with the ball and some space to move and create opportunities on the back of the platform that their forwards make. So I expect Gold Coast to get back to their winning ways here. I've got Gold Coast by 18, but I expect Brisbane uh, to start the game. Uh, pretty strong, a lot better than they did last week. I expect them to get a, through a couple of sets and maybe get some confidence with that new halves combination. You never know, an upset could be on the cards, but based on what we've seen so far this year, the Broncos are almost untippable. Gold Coast, while they're very inconsistent, um, you've got to be liking their chances this week. So I've got uh, I've got Gold Coast by 16 in this game. And my favourite time of the week, Super Saturday, all kicks off from 3pm when the undefeated Penrith Panthers 7-0 take on the on-fire Manly Seagulls 
from Carrington Park at Bathurst of all places to start the action on Super Saturday. Penrith, well, they're boosted by the return of Appy Corsi. Dylan Walker had, a, had to, sorry, Dylan Edwards had a very good return last week as well, but they are firing on all cylinders at the moment. Uh, they defeated Newcastle pretty comfortably in the end, twenty-four to six. Their defence absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, they're, they're conceding about six or seven points a game. They've only conceded eight points in the second half in seven matches this year, so it's unbelievable. Eight points conceded. In the second half of matches in 2021. Me on the other hand, they're flying um, after a return of Tommy Jerovich. I've said it on the podcast multiple times, but back in round five, it was important to get a win on the board for Manly without Tom Jerovich, just to give the players some confidence. They had a terrible first four weeks. They managed to get by the Warriors and win that game 13-12. That gave them a bit of confidence. And then in came the superstar Tom Jerovich. His influence is like Andrew Johns' influence to uh, the Knights back in the day, and he has just been involved in everything. He's an outstanding player. He's a superstar of the game, and he's making those around him so much better. Uh, Cherry Evans' game has just gone to a new level. Um, he feel he looks confident again with Tom Trorovic there. Even guys like Jason Saab and Ruben Garrick, their improvement's been unreal um, over the last fortnight, and it just shows you the influence um, that the superstar Tom Trorovic has on this team. They're facing a huge test this week, obviously, the last team to go 7-0 was the Melbourne Storm in 2013. The last team to go 8-0 to start a season was the Melbourne Storm in 2012. And, of course, the Storm went on to win the premiership that season. So, Penrith, it's, uh, as, as we said, they're, they're one of these teams. They're the benchmark of the competition, obviously. But there's one, they're one of these great teams over the course of the NRL era, um, one of these truly great teams that you can really just struggle to see any kind of weaknesses with them at the moment. They might not be one of the best teams of the NRL era just because of the fact that they haven't won a premiership. Um, obviously, they didn't win the big dance last year, but they're just absolutely dominant. Manly are going to have to play for 80 minutes to even you know get near them. And Tom Tarovic, he's had such a huge influence uh, in the games against the Tigers and the Titans, but he's versing vastly superior opposition here. And the whole Manly side is going to have to work their asses off if there's any chance of knocking off Penrith or any chance of even being competitive in this game. So it can't just be on Tom Tarurovich. Penrith are going to be all over him because, um, you know, they know he's the danger man. So it's really up to the likes of Cherry Evans and Foran to really control the game well. I liked what Cherry Evans did in that Warriors game back in round five. He was kicking early and trying to put the, the Warriors off. I think they might use a similar tactic in this game, but I feel like Penrith's just got too much firepower um, that it doesn't matter what you do at the moment. The confidence that Penrith are playing with, it's going to be hard to contain for 80 minutes. And uh, even though you've got guys like Brad Parker, Morgan Harper, Saab and Garrick, they're not superstars, mainly the outside backs apart from Tom Tarurovic, but those players um, have been you know, overachieving the last few weeks. They're versing a Penrith Panthers side that have so much firepower how are the likes of, of Foran, Garrick, and, and Saab out on one of those edges? How are they going to stop the likes of Luai and kick out for 80 minutes? And then, of course, you've got the damaging Brian Toe out, the, out on the wing as well, who's probably the informed player in the NRL right now. So it's it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a test for Manly. It's going to really show where they're at at the course um, of you know potentially making finals this year. So I, I think they'll be looking forward to the challenge. It is a day game, this one. So I think that 
will kind of suit the way it mainly been playing recently, and they've scored a lot of points. Um, I expect this one to be a little bit higher scoring, and I expect it to kind of go similar to how the Knights-Penrith game went last Thursday night. A little bit more points scored, but uh, you know Newcastle were in the game for a long period of time before Penrith put it to bed and ended up winning 24-6. to I expect a score line like 24-12 to or maybe 30-18, to but I think that mainly will get a couple of tries on the board. Um, and make it a little bit interesting. But as you see, Cleary, you know, he's just a master playmaker. And all the players around there, add in Appy Chorus out back this week. Um, when push comes to shove, you just got this feeling that Penrith always seem to be very comfortable in that position and know how to finish off matches. And I don't think mainly are quite at that level yet. So, you know, if they lose this game, they'll be three wins out of eight games. But obviously the confidence they have... have built on in the past month merely means that, you know, they've got a very good chance of making finals regardless of this result here on Saturday afternoon. Um, but as I said, if they can somehow pull the upset or if they somehow make it close, um, then it's very, very good signs for Manly and they'll take even more confidence out of that performance. So I've got Penrith by 12 in this matchup, but I said it, it's probably potentially the match of the round, depending on how the Rabbitohs Raiders go on Thursday night. This one is going to be an absolutely... Um, very entertaining and very exciting game of football. Um, and it's, you know, probably on the worst time slot of the week there at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. But if you're going to watch one game of football this week, I reckon this game is the one to check out for sure because I think mainly have the talent um, to test Penrith, but it's just a matter of whether they can hold him out for 80 minutes. The middle game of Super Saturday will take place from Stadium Australia from 5.30pm when the Canterbury Bulldogs host the Parramatta Eels. Of course, the Bulldogs finally on the board with a great win um, against Cronulla last Saturday night. They showed some real determination um, to get on the board and you know their attack still wasn't firing up, but they, they really out-infused Cronulla in that match. Cronulla were heavy favourites going into it, but uh, their defence was relentless and they... It was a really emotional moment. You saw Trent Barrett down the sideline, and uh, you know it's it's been a long journey for him to get his first win as uh, the Bulldogs head coach. Um, but they finally got there, and you could tell it meant a lot to the players. Um, Cronulla weren't at their best, and uh, obviously the Bulldogs face a much really bigger challenge on Saturday night against the Parramatta Eels, who I was a bit critical and a bit reluctant to say that they could be um, pushing to be uh, you know a top four team in 2021. Well, I'll admit. Based on the first seven rounds, what we've seen, that I was incorrect and I was wrong and um, because they were just on fire. They've lost one game this year. It was against the Dragons. I think it was round four um, where they weren't at their best. But, man, it does the, the Broncos game, they weren't versus much last week. The Broncos didn't show up. But just the uh, the talents that you've got there, Gufson, uh, Moses playing some of the best football he's ever played for Parramatta. And obviously, he's got a bit of a contract situation there at the moment. But they are just flying at the moment. Their eels, their forwards are really laying a good platform. I mean, we talked all through 2020 how Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo are really key components of this Parramatta team. But this year, you've seen the likes of uh, Isaiah Papali really come to the fold. Reed Mahoney's just getting better um, every game, whether it's you know his defense or, or, or the opportunities he creates. And he's always seems to be popping out a dummy half and trying to create uh, attackive chances. Parramatta just absolutely flying at the moment. I don't think the Bulldogs will be much of a blimp on their radar, and I expect the Parramatta Eels to to win this one quite comfortably. The the Bulldogs will fight. As we know, they're, they're always determined to, to stay in the battle, the Bulldogs. And, um, you know, unlike some of the other teams in the NRL, we can always say that they're going to show up and, and give their best every week. But sometimes it's, uh, you know, the, the class of opposition to really just get away from them. And I can see, you know, the Bulldogs being strong for 20 to 30 minutes in this match, but then they're 
the Eagles just really blowing them off the park. And um, as I said, I still don't know if they're a premiership threat, Parramatta. Uh, I don't know if they can win the comp this season, but they have improved from last year, and that's a really uh, good step in the right direction there for Brad Arthur. And who knows, they could really shock and continue this form. It's just you don't want it to fall apart like it did last year if you're a Parramatta Eels supporter. So it's just about being consistent. And uh, I think this game, even though the Eels shouldn't go in, you know, underestimating the Bulldogs, especially considering they got a bit of confidence after that win last week, um, if all goes to plan, Parramatta should be winning this one pretty comfortably. I've got Parramatta by 30 points in this game. Right, the final game of Super Saturday takes place at 7.30pm from... Uh, Newcastle at McDonald's Jones Stadium when the Newcastle Knights take on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, the Roosters, well, they had a pretty good performance on Anzac Day. They weren't at their best against the Dragons, but still came away for the decisive victory at the end there. Um, James Tedesco, the big story out of their camp this week, obviously, with uh, a bit of a uh, HIA-related issue, which saw him lead the field about half an hour into the game last Sunday. Um, but Sam Walker... Um, we know he's going to be a superstar in the NRL, but this kid really stepped up on Anzac Day and and made a believer out of me for sure. I mean, there's a difference between a couple of good performances and doing it consistently in the NRL, but Sam Walker um, was at the height of his PLs on Sunday for the Roosters, so we'll see if this young kid can really keep it up. And at the moment, you got to think that he's the favourite for the Dally M uh, Rookie of the Year um, come September. So they're going up against a... Well, I failed to mention, if James Tedesco is ruled out of this game during the high HIA, we're going to see another young, exciting kid debut for the Roosters in the form of Joseph Suali, who's you know been much um, maligned in the media. He's got a lot of hype about him, so we'll see how he goes in his debut. But apart from that, it's business as usual with the Roosters. Drew Hutchinson and Sam Walker are starting to provide a bit of a... Um, a bit of a, uh, they're in sync and they're, they're providing some, some good spark for the Roosters. I still have question marks whether Hutchison will be there long term. Um, but overall, they're, they're going pretty well. The Roosters and Sam Verrills was a great inclusion for them last week. But they're versing a Newcastle Knights side that uh, they're traveling along okay. They uh, got the win against Cronulla a fortnight ago and uh, they had an okay performance against Penrith last Thursday night. They're currently sitting with three wins and four losses. Um, so it definitely shapes up to be an important game for Newcastle in the uh, form of their season. They have upset the Roosters in recent seasons um, at McDonald's Jones Stadium, but uh, it's going to be a tough ask this week. They're, they're a team that, you know, the amount of the, the potentials are, you know, unlimited there at Newcastle. Uh, they've got to, at their best, they can compete with anyone, but it's just about showing up each and every week. And their harsh combination of Kurt Mann and Blake Green haven't blown me away. Obviously, they're still Mitchell, Mitchell, Miss and Mitchell Pierce there. So, if there are any chance this week, it's got to be on the back of Caelan Ponger um, and the forwards. Um, they've got. A very good forward pack the Knights when they show up, but sometimes they can go missing, and you need the likes of Clemmer, the Saifidi brothers, Barnett, Tyson Frizzell, really to step up, because the Roosters pack is relentless. When you've got uh, Jared Rahir Hargraves on the bench, not even starting matches, um, Taki Haho on the bench, and you've got guys like Collins and Tubanu and Radley and Croydon all starting, then, man, it's, it's, it's hard to get on the front foot against the Roosters, because their forwards lay such a good platform, and give the likes of, uh, you know, Tedesco and Brett Morris and the young kids like Sam Walker. Real uh, opportunity and space and time um, to come up with these match-winning plays. So uh, the Knights are going to have to be their absolute best if there are any chance, but in this match, I've got the Roosters uh, by 18 points pretty comfortably.
All right, two games left around. Sunday football is next, and it all starts from 2 p.m. when the New Zealand Warriors come face-to-face with the North Queensland Cowboys. The Warriors, they're in a bit of a funk at the moment. Um, a few losses in a row and not looking fantastic. They've also got, obviously, a lot of injury problems. They debuted a young kid in that Melbourne game last week on Anzac Day called Reese Walsh. Um, he had signs um, over from the Broncos who had let him go and made an immediate impact in that game. I mean, he had a slow start, but the last 20 minutes really came to his own. A couple of try assists. He looked really good. Uh, they pushed uh, Roger Tuivavi Shek in his last season to the wing last week, I guess, to kind of prepare um, for the for the future um, in terms of their club because RTS is out of league after this year. But he's back at fullback this week. They put Reese Walsh into the 5-8 position. So I like that. Sean O'Sullivan's at 18th man, so we could have a couple of late changes at kickoff. It got to a point last week where Nicarima's partner in the halves was Bailey Sirenin, so I don't think that was a great game plan going into a match against a team that loves to expose weaknesses um, in Melbourne. So they've changed a few things up this week. Josh Curran managed to escape his charge for him as well. But the Warriors are getting to the point under Nathan Brown's tutelage where they definitely need a win um, if they're going to stay in touch with the top eight, seven rounds in. I think they're three wins and uh, four losses themselves. They're versing a team, the Cowboys, that are also three wins, four losses, and the Cowboys have won three in a row. I've said all year that I don't think the Cowboys lineup's very strong. They've obviously signed Dearden and Townsend uh, for next year. Um, in the last couple of weeks, they do also welcome the return of uh, Jason Tamalolo this week. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't rated them all year. I, I've questioned their their commitment, I've questioned their, their squad, and I don't think they're first-grade quality, the, the lineups and the players that they've got on deck there at the moment. But uh, credit where credit is due. Um, Scott Drinkwater and uh, Valentine Holmes have really found their footing there in recent weeks. And to come back, there, come back from 24-60 on... Um, to win that game against Canberra last week, and admittedly Canberra weren't at their best, but uh, it's credit to Todd Payton's team there, and uh, they're building on confidence. Just every win that they get is starting to get a little bit more confidence, a little bit more like Manly, and um, they went from wooden spoon contenders to if they can keep winning games, potentially being a threat to the top eight. As I said, I don't rate their lineup, so I don't see it happening, and I'm going to tip the Warriors this week. But the Cowboys, um, they're going better than I expected. Some of these young guys like Ben Condon. Um, and Murray Talangi are really stepping up for him as well. So um, they're traveling along nicely um, on this little streak at the moment. But as I said, the Warriors are desperate for a win. I, I think in front of their home crowd, obviously, you know, they're not in New Zealand, but in front of their base of operations there in Gosford, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity there for the uh, to Warriors to get back on the winning streak. Um, it's Sunday afternoon football, so I expect it to be, you know, free-flowing and, and a lot of points to be scored, but I've got the Warriors in this game by eight points. Uh, but the Cowboys won't go down without a fight. And if they do win and get to four in a row of the Cowboys, then you've got to start thinking that they they could make a late push for the top eight, despite the fact that I just don't think their roster's up to standard. But they've, they've proved me wrong so far, the Cowboys. So well done to them, but I've got the Warriors by eight in this one. All right, which leads us to the final game of the round, four o'clock Sunday Afternoon football there at Wynn Stadium. The St. George Law Dragons will host the West Tigers. For the Dragons, uh, it was a disaster last week against the Roosters. Um, they started the game off well, but they had a few late positional changes. Jack Bird playing in the halves, Clune back to the bench. Um, I do rate Jack Bird as a playmaker, but I don't think that was the time to do it. Um, Billy Bruden played his first game of the year. I don't know if he provided the spark that the, the Dragons needed. Um, so they, they were a little bit out of sorts, and they... Co- Pretty much got embarrassed by the, the Roosters in the second half there. For a team that's, you know, done so well so far this year, the Dragons, and 
overachieving and uh, being very committed in defence and and really laying a platform because they're defensive structures that Anthony Griffin have laid there this year, um, it wasn't great to see how easily they folded against the Roosters and Sam Walker and particularly in that second half. They're versing a team that in the Tigers that are basically at a point in their season where they're in crisis talks. They've won one game. Um, they've they got absolutely hammered by Manly last week. I've been t- talking about their problems, you know, throughout the year, but it's just been bad performance after bad performance this year, apart from the Rabbitohs game where they still lost that match, but um, they were highly competitive throughout. But they have not responded at all since then. And, um, you know, 40-6 to six was a disgrace last week. I know Manly are travelling well, but the Tigers, uh, their defence at times were abysmal. And let's be honest, their their, their roster um, is just not up to the task. And they face a big test against the Dragons down there at Winston because the Dragons going to be desperate. They should be desperate. Uh, but for the Tigers, it's a winnable game. They just need to come out and uh, play their best football. Um, they need to get back to basics, and they really need to be committed as a group because what I'm seeing is not good enough uh, so far in 2020. At this rate, they're going to be in contention to the spoon. And Michael Maguire's job unfairly um, under scrutiny and under pressure to, to, to keep it beyond this year and even maybe for the rest of the year. Uh, but he's not letting the, the club down. The players are letting the club down and the board has let the club down in their retention and their signings. And, uh, you know, I know that Michael Maguire has a say in it, but this roster is not up to the task of the NRL. Um, and I said at the start of the show, we're going to look at their roster and see who I think out of their top 17 that they've been playing every week is actually worthy of an NRL appearance. Now, if we look at their side, um, I'll do my pr- match preview and still my match prediction in a second, but let's look at the Tigers' side quickly. Dane Laurie at fullback has been a revelation this year. You keep him out of the wing. They've got Joseph Leilua, James Roberts, Talia, and Norfolk Luma. Leilua and, and James Roberts have been abysmal this year, and this is nothing against them personally, Personally, but James Roberts does not seem like he's an NRL player anymore. Um, I know that they got him for cheap money, but um, I don't know how many times he's been out of court out of defence, and how many times the Tigers have had opportunities, and and uh, James Roberts has just let them down uh, with an error or just not reacting to the situation right. So I don't know why Michael McGuire is persisting with him in first grade, even if they don't have much talent there. Bring someone up from the New South Wales Cup, give him a chance. But I wouldn't be re-signing him or Leilua. We all know Leilua's issues. Uh, he gets caught in defence. Um, he, he reads that, that part of the game terribly, and his discipline's a real problem. Um, North Luma and Tommy Talia. Um, Talia, you know, is a, is a decent, handy winger. If you can get in cheap, North Luma's a star in the right situations. But they just haven't been given opportunities this year based on the, the platform that their forwards and their halves have really given them literally um, next to no opportunities. So, so far, we're looking at Laurie, um, keeping Talia, keeping North Luma, getting rid of the centres. You go to the halves. I know they're getting Jackson Hastings last year. Adam Dewey has tried his best, but I don't know if he's a starting 5'8 still. I mean, he's been electric for them, but I don't know if the answer is having him as a starting full, uh, 5'8. Maybe as a utility, he'd be better suited. Luke Brooks, um, over 140 games, over 150 games, I believe. No finals appearances. He struggles to set anything up. I think he's a problem, and I think you have to get rid of him. Um, completely, at least drop him to reserve grade, try to get some confidence there, but when his contract's done, I don't know why the Tigers would be re-signing him, you look at the forward pack, Tamo um, has done a job for him so far this year, when he's been on the field, he hasn't played enough minutes, but I'm happy with what he produces, Alex Twal is a decent prop, but I don't know if he's a signing prop, Jake Simpson and Little have shared the hooking role this year, they're both good players, um, and uh, Ghana, Leilua and Offengiawi is the signing pack there, um, Leilua at his best can provide good things there in the second row. Garner just not up, not up to first grade standard this year, and 
Offing and Gauhi has been okay. Um, their bench, Embiid is not going to be there next year. He shouldn't be regardless. Stefano has been a good young kid for him. Alex uh, Safar is an okay fringe first grader. And McKaylee is another fringe first grader. So um, I think the big the big challenge for the Tigers in rebuilding this roster, I think you got to get rid of Brooks. I think you need to really sign a dominant half. They look like they're trying to do that. Um, in Hastings, I know Brooks is signed to the end of next year, but there's been talks of playing Hastings in a in a lock position. I know that M- Michael McGuire doesn't have a huge selection to choose from, but Brooks needs to earn his spot in the team. So um, I would not be playing him until he does so. I'd actually bring a, bring Jacob Little back into the fold and, and potentially shifting him or Simpkin into the halves and and just try that combination, see if it works there with Dewey. Because what have they got to lose at the moment, the Tigers? They're playing awful. Um, it's just not working. And I, I think that they need to sign a couple of bigger bodies in the forwards, but also mobile forwards. I mean, there's guys like Jaden Sewer that are off contract this year that you could target. The Broncos have got a few guys there. Like, um, if you you know get away with Carrigan or a player of that build, that could really help him. But they just need reliability around this team. And... Um, you some experience that's going to help these young kids develop into, into full-time first graders. And at the moment, they haven't made the finals for 10 years. They're an absolute disgrace to Tigers. And it, it is, a, is a danger game for the Dragons because the Tigers are going to come out desperate this weekend. Uh, but they're untippable at the moment. So the Dragons, what I've seen from their defensive structure, their attack hasn't been great this year. They welcome Ben Hunt back to the fold this week. You've got to be tipping the Dragons. But the Tigers are a mess at the moment. They need to sort it out. And really, it's why, why you keep picking guys like Leilua, James Roberts, and Luke Brooks. How many chances can they get before they need a wake-up call, get back to reserve grade, and try to earn their spots? Because the Tigers' first-grade spots shouldn't just be given out. They should be earned. If you're not performing, get out of the first-grade team. Michael McGuire, you've got nothing to lose there in the coaches' boxes. Make the dis- big decisions because I don't want to see you be the four guys for this Tigers team's awful results. And, you know, they've had... Five and for not five coaches in the last nine years. That's not good enough. You look at their history. Tim Sheens won a premiership with the Tigers in 2005. The Tigers, West Tigers, of course, being a team since 2000 after their merger, including Tim Sheens. No coach has a 50% winning record at the West Tigers ever, and Tim Sheens has 49%, and obviously he won the premiership. But that is a disgraceful record, and something needs to change from everything in the back office to the players on the field. Um, to the structures, to the attackive and defensive structures that the team have, they just need to blow the whole place up and start from scratch, in my opinion. So um, the Tigers, will they will they respond to all this criticism? We'll see. And the Dragons, as I said, sometimes they can be great. Sometimes they can be extremely poor like they were in that second half last week at Anzac Day. But you've got to tip the t- Dragons because I need to see something from the Tigers before I can start tipping them. I've got the Dragons in this one uh, by 10 points. And don't get me wrong, the Dragons lose this game and go to three out of eight it could be a lot of damage done to their seasons. This is a must-win for the Dragons this Sunday, and I think they'll they'll do the job. So the Dragons by 10 for me. All right, and that was my footy tips for round eight of the Telstra Premiership. Just a recap, on Thursday night, I've got the South City Rabbitohs defeating the Canberra Raiders. The Friday games, I've got the Storm being too strong for Cronulla and the Titans defeating a desperate Broncos team. On the Saturday games, I've got Penrith winning a very entertaining game against Manly. The Eels being too strong for the Bulldogs and the Roosters being too strong for the Knights. Sunday games, I've got the Warriors against the Cowboys and I've gone the Dragons to defeat the struggling Tigers. Those are my tips for round eight of the Telstra Premiership. 
Hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. Before we go, we'll go to our best bets. The Rabbitohs currently a dollar fifty to beat the Raiders. I know the Raiders are going to be desperate, and I said it earlier in the podcast that I expect a little bit of an ambush down there in Canberra. But you take the dollar fifty there for CFs. You put them in a multi. Um, I think that's good money considering how good they're going. You add that up with, uh, I think, the Roosters, 13 plus there against the Roosters. Uh, the Knights, I just can see them putting on a score there at 260. And that gives you $3.75. I'm happy with that. The Rabbitohs and the Roosters, 13 plus, are my bet of the week. Um, so gamble responsibly and see how you go with that one if you want to put that bet on. But I think it's a safe bet. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. As always, please remember to like Steve's NRL, uh, NRL Free Tips on Facebook. Please like, share, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each and every week. And I'll see you guys next week for more of Steve's and our old footy tips. Have a good week.